Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue with our series The Detox. Here's Christine Gershon. It's my joy and privilege to bring the word of God to you today. We've been looking at true repentance, false repentance. We looked at being pretending or performing Christians. We also looked at um, our heart idols. And last week, we looked at the toxin of unforgiveness. This week, we look at a different toxin, the toxin of disobedience. Now, we often look at disobedience through the lens of parenting, you know, between a parent and a child or authorities and the people who work for them or the people beneath them. But today we're going to be looking at disobedience um, in a different angle. We're going to be looking at our disobedience a lot of times to God and indirectly to God's word. So you might ask me, what do you mean? I'm not disobedient to God. I've accepted Jesus. I, I'm a believer. I'm saved. So why is obedience such a big deal? Well, the truth is, yes, we are saved by grace. Uh, because of Jesus, we have got our salvation free of cost. But uh, the life that we live henceforth as believers until we reach eternity, until we close our eyes in death, requires us to live in obedience. Obedience is a must as a believer of Jesus. Uh, As we look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 to 20, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You might wonder, how is disobedience a toxin? Why is it such a bad thing? It's because it is something that is counterintuitive as believers. The minute we accept Jesus into our lives, obedience has to just follow. But a lot of times, um, I myself have noticed this in my life. As I was meditating on this this week, I realized in my life so many areas where I've been directly uh, disobedient of God's word. For example... The word of God says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. But I have struggled so much with anxiety. My life has often been driven by worry. And I realized that that has been direct disobedience to God's word. There have been times maybe in your life where you've envied someone or you've slandered someone. And the Bible is very clear on it. It says, do not envy. It says, do not slander. And so we have lived our lives in direct disobedience. I'm going to compare ourselves now to the people of the Old Testament, the Israelites. These guys were given the word of God by Moses and by the prophets. Time and time again, the law was reiterated. It was it was emphasized and it was voluminous. It was heavy. And, and so these guys just couldn't keep it. They would keep one part of the law and they would forget another. There was so much of idolatry. There was so much of unfaithfulness. There was a falling away that they did over time and because of which they were struggling. They were under enemy oppression. But here's the thing. God knew that, you know what, mankind can't keep the law. It, the law was was in fact enslaving them because they couldn't keep the law. In Deuteronomy, it talks about how when we don't keep the law, you come under the curse of the law. Let me read that for you. Deuteronomy chapter 27 verses 26. Cursed is anyone who does not uphold the words of this law by carrying them out then all the people shall say amen. What a tragedy when we come under the curse of the law, when we directly, um, diligently disobey, we come under the curse of the law. But the great thing is in Jesus, when Jesus came to earth, 
he nullified this curse because the word of God says, cursed is anyone who's hung on a tree. Jesus took the curse of the law and put it on himself. And he in, in turn embodied the word. He in turn cancelled all of its hold on us and gave us grace and truth in exchange. I'm going to read from Romans chapter 10 verse 4. It says, for Christ is the end of the law. It leads to him and its purpose is fulfilled in him for granting righteousness to everyone who believes in him as Savior. So in Jesus, the law was fulfilled. He didn't abolish the law. He didn't do away with it. Quite the opposite. He actually fulfilled it. He actually brought it to completion. And the beauty of it is this. The law used to be written on stone tablets. It was spoken generation to generation by word of mouth. But through Jesus, it became embodied as a person. So when you and I believe in Jesus, when we accept him into our lives, the word of God comes into our hearts. When we read the word of God, it gets embedded deep into our hearts. That's the beauty of it. John chapter 1 verse 14 and 17 says this, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So based on how the word was incorporated into people's lives, based on how the word uh, directed people's lives. There were two extreme groups of people who came out of this. One were the legalists, ones who just, you know, hung on to every word of the law, enforced it in their lives and on others' lives. The examples of this were the teachers of the law and the Pharisees in Jesus' time. And constantly, Jesus was constantly berating them for the way they were stuffing the word of God down people's throats when they were neglecting weightier matters. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. It says this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. I don't know if you find yourself in this category, but there's another category. Those are the licentious. Jude talks about these guys. Let me read that for you. There have been some who have sneaked in among you unnoticed. They are depraved people whose judgment was prophesied in scripture a long time ago. They have perverted the message of God's grace into a license to commit immorality and turn against our only absolute master, our Lord Jesus Christ. These licentious people uh, did whatever they wanted and used grace as the license to commit it. They did not adhere to the book of the law. They didn't adhere to the commandments given by Jesus. They thought that uh, Christ's sacrifice covered everything. And so these are two extreme ways of interpreting the word, of looking at the word of God and living differently based on that. And both of them are not right. Both of them are wrong ways of living. But I'm going to bring us to a middle ground where we maybe find ourselves. And while we might not be licentious or legalistic, we have other struggles when it comes to obeying the word of God. For example, maybe you doubt the authenticity of the word of God and therefore you don't read it. Maybe you think, ah, it was written by humans, therefore it's 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 frail like me. It's probably got a ton of mistakes, so I, why should I read it? Let me read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 to 17 for you. It says, you have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. 
in another translation it says all scripture is god breathed i don't know about you but that makes it pretty authentic for me and the truth is the word of god is incredibly powerful the way it moves in our life the way it brings conviction the way it equips us the way it corrects us and convicts us uh it cannot be an ordinary uh, piece of literature it's something very deep it's very powerful so if you're doubting that the word of god is authentic i urge you to look at this verse to really meditate on it and it will come alive for you maybe you're like me where you have this problem where when the worries of life or the lure of wealth come into your life it crowds out your reading of the word of god it crowds out your obedience to the word of god in matthew chapter 13 jesus talks about the parable of the sower and he talks about this this sower who sows seed which is the word of god and he sows it on different soil and he talks about the the seeds which fall on the thorny soil on the rocky soil on the good soil it's only the good soil where there is fruit born it isn't on the rocky and the thorny why because the pressures of life the lure of wealth crowded it out choked the word and so many times for each of us our careers take preference to us obeying the word of god our families take preference important things take preference but how often have we kept the word of god and obeying it as our primary focus have we allowed other things to crowd it out have you maybe read the word so quickly and absent mindedly it just never stuck with you i remember from a small child my brother and i were taught to read the word of god and we had this habit where before we sat down to study we would read the bible and a lot of times we just kind of rushed through it because it was something we had to do it was on our to do list before we get down to other things and so sometimes even as adults we tend to do that oh i need to get this done check check you know check box it and then i'm done for for that part of the day in matthew chapter 7 he talks about the man who builds his house upon the rock and there's another man who builds his house on sand and it says the person who hears the word and doesn't do it is like the man who builds his house on sand and when the storms come when when troubles come that house falls flat it's imperative that we obey the word of god hearing it is not enough we must be doers of the word that's what james said in james chapter 1 verses 22 to 25 let me read this for you but don't just listen to god's word you must do what it says otherwise you are only fooling yourself for if you listen to the word and don't obey it is like glancing at your face in a mirror you see yourself walk away and forget what you look like but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard then god will bless you for doing it i think that's a great reminder for each of us to really take time to chew on what we read to to apply it to our lives maybe you're one of those people who think that the word of god isn't very relevant i mean it was written thousands of years back how is it relevant to us today the struggles i face the issues i'm facing um it's not addressed in the bible let me bring this back to you that the word of god is highly relevant it is highly contextualized to what you are going through to the world we are living in you have nothing to worry about psalm 119 repeatedly talks about the word of god it talks about how the statutes of god the precepts of god are so pure and they're so blameless let me read these two verses from psalm 119 one says thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path so whichever place you're at whatever your path looks like his word is your compass his word is your blueprint it also says how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word maybe you're a young person who's saying you know what this is too old fashioned for me i need something that's quick probably a pdf short that i can read really fast or maybe i just need an audio version of this no hey listen the word of god is relevant to you 
you can listen to it you can read it you can journal it it's okay but it's relevant and it's powerful it can change your situation if only you would dwell in it and if only you would obey it maybe you have a struggle of thinking it's too burdensome i mean look at the size of our bible this is deceptive it's just a phone it looks like it's nothing much but have you seen the real bible it's quite chunky it's quite big and you think oh this is too much for me maybe you're contemplating accepting christ but you're thinking i know that these people have too many do's and don'ts i don't know if i can really dwell within those confines but can i just encourage you when jesus came to earth things changed he became the embodied word so when we follow jesus there's a natural inclination to obey his word let me uh, read 1 john chapter 5 verse 3 it says true love for god means obeying his commands and his commands don't weigh us down as heavy burdens i know that uh, when you probably read leviticus or deuteronomy you think what is she saying this is very heavy it's very voluminous truth of god's word is this the word is not meant to be burdensome it's not meant to weigh us down it's not meant to be a bunch of do's and don'ts that are supposed to govern our life instead it has to be motivated it should be coming out of a place of immense love for our creator god immense love for this redeemer this verse talks very clearly true love for god means obeying his commandments i remember we had just had our first two children we were in the us studying when um we came across this parenting book by danny silk he taught us from that book of how to parent using love as a force so you know most of us indian parents we use intimidation we use threats to get our jobs done we we say you know we will not do this you will you don't know what will happen to you if you know you don't do this and all kinds of threats um we've all had generation on generation the threats have not ended but this new form of parenting was where he taught us to use love as the force that we used to pull our children's hearts towards us so that way our hearts are guarded as parents and their hearts are guarded as well so um this week i was trying this out with my youngest because he's in this phase where he asks me why for everything i ask him to do so if i say fill up the water bottles he'll say you first tell me why mama tell me why i should do it and so i was at my wits end i at first couple of times i said because i said so but that was not working because he would mumble and grumble seated at the water cooler and so finally i realized i was not motivating him by love i was motivating him out of force and he's a gen z guy he's not going to believe what i say so the third time he asked me why why do i need to do this for you and i said it's because we love each other in this home we do things for each other and that got him to keep quiet and fill the bottles well that might be just a very um trivial example um i think love is the greatest motivation today are you and i magnificently obsessed with god do we look at him as the one big thing in our lives because if we do if we love god it will change the way we look at his word it will change the way we obey his word because it will be a natural inclination that we will obey his word because we love him you see how that works it's such a beautiful intertwining of our love for him and our obedience of him i'm going to be looking at matthew chapter 22 verse 37 to 40 just to show you that you know in in reality the law is not burdensome this is how jesus dumbed it down for people like me he said this jesus replied you must love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment a second is equally important love your neighbor as yourself the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments it all comes down to love love god love people 
that's literally the entire the, the baseline the entire bible we just need to love god so i want to ask you today how much do you love god has it come to a place where you just love him so much that you want to know more about him for those who are probably in a dating relationship or have been in a relationship you know what it's like to get to know the person because as you get to know them you start to love them more the same goes with jesus maybe even more as we get to know him there's only more of him to love i want to look today and meditate on 1 john chapter 2 we're going to be looking at a couple of verses from that to practically look at how we can obey god and why we obey him how does it benefit us does it benefit us even and what it actually does what does it do in us so we're going to read 1 john chapter 2 verses 3 to 6 and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments if someone claims i know god but doesn't obey god's commandments that person is a liar and is not living in the truth but those who obey god's word truly show how completely they love him that is how we know we are living in him those who say they live in god should live their lives as jesus did so from this passage we we find why we should actually obey god's word first of all we need to obey god's word so that we know god more imagine serving loving and following a god who we know nothing about the beauty of the bible is every time we open it we discover a new facet of god this week i discovered that god delighted in me that i'm not a pain to him i'm not i'm not you know just this uh, scab on some uh, on, in some corner of the world no he delights in me so that's my discovery for this week every day when we open the word what do we discover new about god what do we find you know amazing about him you might be discovering currently that he's holy you might have discovered that he's compassionate that he's kind he's gentle there's so many facets and i think as long as we are on earth we will not discover we probably might not cross 10% of knowing him and that's the beauty of god he's so mysterious yet so accessible and the truth is when we get into the word of god when we obey him we will actually know god the second thing from this passage is that when we know god better we start to love god deeper it's not a superficial kind of feeling but it's a deep deep love for him and when we love someone so deeply our inclination is to please them we want to do things that make him smile on you know that that's how love works and so there's a difference between knowing him and loving him like i could say i know math i know math i know the concepts of it but do i love math there's a difference today do we know god yes are we known by god yes but do we love him like love him um in in obscenely large quantities i don't know all of us for all of us that's a doubt right but i want us to go deeper into the word to understand that obeying him means that we love him and as we obey the word consistently throughout our lifetimes our love for him will just keep growing and growing the bible also says love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength and when you look at different translations of that that all is literally with everything you have every fiber of your being loves him and the truth is we all we have people we love on earth but no amount of that that we don't actually spend that much of love on any human but can we give that to god can we love him with every ounce of ourselves the third thing that we look at here is obeying the word of god actually helps us to live in god now i don't know what that looks like for you but i if i had to unpack it this is what it would look like for me 
in my simple, mundane, everyday tasks is Jesus front and center. In the exciting times, you know, during the the big times when there's a job promotion or there's a career change or things like that, is he still front and center? During those very dull times when I'm just folding laundry or maybe we're just uh, cleaning our house out, is he still front and center of my life? In everything, the big, the small, the the very, very insignificant, the significant moments, is Jesus front and center? Is my lifestyle shaped in such a way that Jesus is the forerunner, that Jesus is who I follow? That's what it says in that verse. It says, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. That's the challenge. When we obey God, we live in God. So everything about our lives is governed by who Jesus is to us. So I want to reiterate this. Why do we need to obey God? One, so that we know him better. Two, to love him deeper. And three, to live in him daily. Without him in our lives every single day, every single moment, life's going to get hard. You and I know how difficult the season has been. I was even telling my husband yesterday that I'm finding it hard without meeting people, without seeing people. But then, he, you know, he jokingly reminded him that there were four or four other people in the house with me, that I wasn't alone. But more than that, I had to remember that Jesus is with me. And that in obeying his word, I see him clearer and clearer in my everyday, in the mundane, in the lockdown, in every situation, I can start seeing Jesus. And that's the beauty of obeying his word. 1 John chapter 3 verses 22 to 24 says this, And we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. So from this passage, we look at how it actually benefits us to obey him. Each one of us humans, we're so transactional. I do this, you do this back for me. Isn't that how we operate? And and the sweet thing about God is he actually caters to us even in that, that plane. He's saying, you obey me, then whatever you ask for, in my name, I will grant. But there's again a catch there. If it's in accordance with his will, I ask you this, how will we know his will if we don't read the word of God and if we don't obey it? It's only in obedience that he can bless us. Today, what is God asking you to do? What has he been pushing you to do through his word? What is What have we been standing ramrod straight and saying, God, I can't obey you on that. That's too hard for me. Maybe it's time we bend our back a little bit and say, you know what, Lord, I'll do what you're asking me to do. And I can vouch for it because the word says it. He will bless. He will bless like only he can. So obeying Christ results in blessing. The second thing is obeying Christ means fresh life every day. Um, We live in a time where the toxins are talked about so greatly. They even contribute aging to the presence of toxins in our life. And so we know that all of us are aging physically. Uh, You know, we're getting wrinkles, we're getting gray hair and whatnot. But the beauty of living in Christ is that his Holy Spirit dwells within us. And every single day we are being renewed from within. So we're going from strength to strength. We're changing, we're evolving, we're getting better spiritually. We're getting better inwardly. And therefore, we have fresh life every day. Every morning when we get up, our feet hit the floor. We're not the same person we were yesterday. We've been renewed. We're ready for a new day. We're looking at Jesus. What can you do in my life today? 
What is it new that you want to accomplish in me? And that happens when we live in obedience to God's word. I'm going to read from Titus chapter 3 verses 5 to 6. He saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but because of his own compassion and mercy by the cleansing of the new birth, spiritual transformation, regeneration, and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That's what we have in Jesus. He pours out generously this Holy Spirit who fills us deep within, gives us fresh life. I want to encourage you looking at these two things, that obeying Christ gives us access to blessing and obeying Christ gives us fresh life every day. Wouldn't you want to obey this God? Wouldn't you want to obey his word? Wouldn't you want to live in a place of just going, God, I'll obey you. I read what you're saying. I hear you. I want to do what you're saying. I want to obey you, Lord. So I want to bring it down to this. No matter where you find yourself in the spectrum of maybe maybe you find yourself being licentious. Maybe you think, ah, you know what? The God of grace, he will cover what I'm doing. He'll forgive me because I'm loved because, you know, he, he, he sent Jesus for me and everything's okay. I'm good to go. Maybe you're a legalist. Maybe you have been, you know, uh, banging uh, the Bible literally on people's heads and saying, you know what, stick to this, do this, do do that, don't do that. I don't know if you find yourself like me on those intermediate spots where we sometimes forget to read the word. Maybe we read the word absentmindedly and just don't apply it at all. Or maybe you've been looking at the word and saying, there's so many errors in it. It cannot be valid. It cannot be authentic. Or maybe you're saying, hey, The Bible isn't relevant to what I'm going through right now. The Bible isn't relevant to the times we live in. But can I just encourage you with this, that the word of God is powerful, it's dynamic, and it's moving in such a powerful way in each of our lives. And all we have to do is look back at Jesus. All we have to do is recommit our love to him. And then obedience just happens. It flows so sweetly. It's almost like our love for him will overflow into an attitude of obedience. So I want to encourage you today that you will take time over this week, maybe look deeper within you as you write the word of God down. Maybe you're someone like me who journals, that you will journal what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you through the word of God. Don't look at it through your lens. Ask Jesus, put your lens on me, Lord. Maybe you've been reading the word axiomatically. Maybe you've just been believing it because, well, that's what it is. Why not look deep? Ask God to ruffle some feathers. Ask him to stir in you deeper things. Maybe you've been looking at the word of God to try and disprove something. But what if you just open yourself up and say, Lord, here I am. Speak to me. What if we were just to take God at his word and just obey his word? Because I'm going to try that. I'm really going to work on my worrying. I'm really going to work on checking those anxious thoughts because his word says, keep your mind focused on the things which are true, noble, virtuous, and praiseworthy. I want to obey his word. So maybe you're saying, While I understand all of this, I understand that we have to obey Christ. I don't know who Christ is. Can I unpack that for you? Christ, Jesus Christ is the savior of the world. He is God who came down and became man just for our sake, to relate to us, to feel for us, to feel with us. And this Jesus for 33 years walked the earth. For three years, he had a public ministry in which he touched people's lives, changed them, changed the way of thinking. And at the end of it, he was... Uh, crucified on a cross for our sins. He bore the sins of the world and he was laid to rest in a tomb. Three days later, he rose in power. Once and for all, he destroyed death, the one thing that is our biggest enemy. Today, 
when we accept Jesus into our lives, he gives us eternal life, the promise of life after death, where we live in eternity with him. I don't know about you, but that's my greatest motivation in, in following Christ, that my eternity is secure in him. So I want to urge you today, if you've been considering Jesus, try him out. He will change your life. He will breathe freshness where there are dead areas. He will restore things in your life that need restoring. He will redeem you from the pit. That's what his word says. Can I pray this prayer with you? Could you repeat it after me? Dear Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. I am in need of your grace and your mercy. I ask that you will come into my life and be the Lord and Savior of all of my life. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion, and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus, finds life.